problem I have is I play too fast. Cast. Pretty basic on the vocal, on the lyrical front, but good, nice rhythms, yeah, good, good instrumental. I mean, it's a good theme. It's a good, it's a good dog jingle. Would that be considered like bossa nova? Correcto. What makes it bossa nova? The rhythm. The rhythm, yeah. I wanna. I wish I understood rhythmic notation a bit better because I wanna know how to describe that rhythm. Because it's still like four, four. But it's got that, mm, that can, spice. Yeah. All right, let's take a shot. Uh, for for the people who have seen this episode or podcast before, this is the same stuff that we drank before, the <laughs> marijuana mezcal <laughs> hybrid thing. I just brought it back because it's mm, it smells so good. Um, it does smell cheers good. Cheers for a good episode. Cheers. Got such an interesting flavor. It doesn't it? It's <laughs> what's the proof on it? Is it thirty-eight or forty-two or something like that? In this beer, Indio beer. Yes, the Indian. Cheers. Right. Yes. That's all. It's it's fine for you to say, it, man. That's what the beer is. <laughs> so, what do you think of the beer? I like it. It's smooth. It's not trying to be anything super fancy, mm-hmm. which sometimes you just want a simple drinkable beer. Don't you taste the car- the caramel flavor, like the brown sugar a little bit? I was reading that on the back. Does they it have that, though? Caramel malts. That's okay. Dark color lager brewed mm. with caramel malts. Oh, that's fine. I guess I do. It, it does have like a sweetness. Yeah. I'm going to turn this down a bit because yeah. we don't need to be... Too loud. You don't want the audience. I mean, you don't want the neighbors to look at us. <laughs> this is the most like I was going to use possibly a politically incorrect word. The most like bootleg <laughs> setup for audio. We aren't using headphones like a lot of podcasts. No, and I use. like that. And I like that Me too. But we do it. I think it does help to hear if Both you're talking us? into the mic or not. True. So true. that's why we're talking out of an amp, like we're at yeah. band practice or something. Yeah. The Band Practice Podcast. The Band Practice Podcast. Man, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I do. <laughs> I didn't know there was a video gaming podcast, but at the same time, I shouldn't be surprised. You there's know? about two million video yeah. game podcasts in the world. Yeah. I mean, I know there's twitching and streaming and all that stuff. I don't really watch streamers, but I do listen to podcasts like about the history of video games and people playing games. Do you have a favorite video game? Um, I I haven't thought about like a favorite. I, there's a lot of games I I played in my youth and up till now that I I really enjoyed. Mm. 
There, do you, have you heard of a game called Deus Ex from no. 2000? No. Nine. It's like a it's a first person shooter, but it has a lot of RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty primitive for today's standards, but it, it was my favorite game as a kid. What's that video game where Nine Inch Nails played the soundtrack? It was in the nineties. Was it Quake? Quake, yeah. Was that a good one? Did you play that one? I was never super into like those id software games, Quake and Doom. They were like really huge yeah. though in the nineties. I heard it's supposed yeah. to be a great game. Yeah. I haven't played it, but I heard Doom is great. I don't know. For me, the when I was a kid, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors has sentimental meaning behind for me. You know, I like I like it a lot. It's it's fun. I never finished it. I I, I went all the way to level fifty something. There's so many levels in that game. I've never uh, played it. I don't oh. even know what it really looks like. Oh, dude, it's a great game. It's it's a great game. You know, just two teenagers killing zombies. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, period. It's, it's from that era? It's yeah. that old? Yeah. Um, I liked Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and also, I love what my Mario What did you play Kart. it on? PC? Left 4 Dead? No, I think I played it on Xbox. Okay. Xbox. Um, even though I never had an Xbox, I always went to somebody's place who had the Xbox and played there. I also love Mario Kart from Nintendo Switch. I was never good at Mario Kart. Uh, I never had it myself, but anytime I played it at a party or a friend's house, I would always be in last place. That's a shame. I'm sorry. Sorry, I get really competitive in that game. Really competitive. I that game is not skill based to me. None of those Nintendo party games, yeah. they'll just have some random like power up that fucks up everyone who's doing well and then you're back in last place. It's so unfair. I mean Mario Party's the I worst for the same if, reason. If you're, I mean, but there's ways to stop the blue shell if that's what you're talking about in in Mario Kart. Something like that. There's yeah. like a million. There's like bombs and missiles yeah. and <laughs> I don't like it. It's okay. We, I don't we, really like Nintendo in general. Wow, that's a controversial take. Just wasn't wasn't something I grew up with, I guess. I had a Super Nintendo that my uncle loaned me and my sister, and I loved the games on that, but never had anything past that. Like, <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> Drinking this, I really <laughs> like this beer. <laughs> that's how you drink something you like. How do you even make the? <laughs> how did you make that sound? Sucking the sucking it, I guess. <laughs> Um, I've been thinking about getting a console between Xbox and PlayStation 5 because Street Fighter 6 is coming up and I, I'm a sucker for Street Fighter, even though I'm not good compared to the people out there, like people who I never use Ryu or Ken. I can't do them. It's, it's, they're too, it's too intimidating and I don't like the people who use them because they always use it. So I, I use other players and I think they're fun, and I'm not like a guru like all you know, those people, but I just love playing it a lot. And yeah, which ones did you play a lot? Street Fighter Four and Five. Do what you, what era? What consoles? Ah, uh, Xbox. Just the first Xbox. Yeah, I forget which Xbox. Street Fighter on Xbox doesn't even sound right. It sounds like more of a PlayStation. I, uh, my my friend played it on an Xbox. So. Okay. On the 360, I think I could be wrong. Um. Dude, I was going to say something and I just forgot. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off with a random question. Like, what console? Yeah, what console? That doesn't matter. I I just never really 
was super into fighting games. They just seem like you bash buttons till you win or die. So or what, what, what is your thing? What is your cup of tea? Uh, I like a lot of different kinds of games. Like I played a lot of racing games growing up, like original Gran no, Turismo. Now, now, now. I still play racing games. <laughs> but not Mario Kart, huh? Because you don't like No, Nintendo. I like more realistic, like you're driving a real like, like a Mitsubishi. Like Need for Speed? I played a lot of Need for Speed on the original PlayStation, but I don't like the more recent games in the series. Uh-huh. I like... Uh, Gran Turismo was a great series on PlayStation, and I'm playing one on my computer right now called Assetto Corsa, which is a very, like, it's a hardcore simulation, supposed to be extremely realistic with the physics of a car. It's pretty fun. And what, are you learning how to drive manual with that? I do, but I'm I'm shifting gears, but I'm using a Xbox controller, so it doesn't really feel like uh-huh. uh, driving a real car. Okay. I don't think I could drive a real manual in real life. Why not? You, you, you're pretty... Uh, I don't know how to do like the clutching you thing. Just, you just use your left leg. Because on well, the you, controller, you, you wish, just press a button to go gear up and gear down. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you wish you had a third leg or something? <laughs> no. No, okay. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to just use one foot for brake and gas and left foot's the clutch, right? Yes. You're not like using your left foot for the brake. Yes, correct. Or you use... One, how do I do it? No, I use my left foot for the brake and the clutch. I use that. Yeah, I use that for the brake and the clutch because you have right to. Foot just stays on the, the gas. accelerate. Yeah, because you have to. Because when you put when you use the clutch, you need to use the gas to move to the shift. So you kind of have to even it out. Well, I get that, but I would have thought you it, can't do that with yeah. <laughs> I get that you have to have your right foot on the gas, but I've always heard it was a bad idea to to use your left foot for brake. And if you if you're driving if you're driving automatic, but on manual. So on, on manual driving on manual, manual, you have to use your left leg for brake and clutch. Are they like side by side or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, right next next to each other. But the brake is where it is on an automatic, yeah. right? I guess I'm thinking of Breaking Bad when Walt was teaching Walt Jr. to drive and because he has cerebral palsy, he was like trying to use his left foot for the brake and Walt yelled at him and was like, never use your left foot for the brake. It's dangerous. Because he's teaching the kid to use his right for both at the same time. Yeah. And that's automatic. Yeah. All right, we've got a good old-fashioned album review episode of the podcast. We haven't done one of these in a while. Episode 8? Oh, there's Brooke. Oh, let's (laughs) stop it right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It'd be weird if we just started talking. Hi, Brooke. Brookie! Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? We're just starting. It's like... Yeah, episode. What, what? Yeah, we spent a lot of time setting up and rehearsing the songs. Something in the way. Something in the way. Something in the way. Yeah. Do you like Nirvana? I love Nirvana. I loved Nirvana was my favorite band when I was a teenager, when I was a preteen, 
in my middle school and early high school years. I'm surprised you weren't more into Smashing Pumpkins. Just, I just, I thought they were okay at the time. So they seem to be pretty big in Latin America. Did you see the yeah? The, the it was in Mexico. For the yeah. World is a Vampire Festival. That's what they. That's part of what Billy was doing down in Mexico, Mexico. City. That was the World is a Vampire Festival. Uh, yeah, huh, and it's uh, the two headliners were Smashing Pumpkins and Interpol, which I've heard Interpol's also has a pretty big Latin Interpol, American. Dude, following. I discovered Interpol when I was in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I saw the I saw the bands that played there, like at the at the festival, seeing the Smashing Pumpkins uh, thing. There was only one band that I liked there, and they played at two p.m. La Chirota, El Chirota. They're they're like an indie underground rock band. They played here. They in Chicago. were even on the the main flyer. Yeah, <laughs> they just listed the like American bands. Episode eight. All right, episode eight. Yeah, we've spent the last. It's been almost a month since I think we did the guitar episode. Yeah, it's just because our 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 schedules did not uh, synchronize. Yeah, and, and that's and fine. then we also feel uh, no, I don't want to say the the music selection was a bit complicated. To quote Apple Levine. <laughs> yeah, um, I, we. I mean, I don't know about you, but I felt kind of a responsibility to to like really give the music a chance. Yeah. Because I don't think you can review music after one or two listens. You no. gotta like integrate it as part of your life for a while. Especially if it's a artist that you don't know at all. And yeah, I and I gave that to you. Language. I gave that weird curveball, like two artists that you haven't heard. I, I want to say you never heard of, but I don't want to assume. No, so you're right. Okay. I've never heard of them. So and I don't understand the vast majority of the lyrics, which. Yeah. Uh, it's something that we can talk more about, like mm. how music hits you different when you don't understand what the lyrics Ooh. are. Ooh, so you already have some ideas of what to talk about. I mean, that was... Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> I don't have anything like planned out, but yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts because I don't listen to a lot of like music in foreign languages, maybe a little bit of Asian music occasionally. It's funny you say that. I have this uh, coworker. He's Chinese. I, and I love Chinese music, especially like the the Carpenters type of like sad piano with a someone you know with a female singing. It can be a male person singing, but mostly I like a feminine voice singing, and it's really sad and melodic. And I asked him like, "Yo, man, give me some of that stuff." <laughs> so he gave me a long list. Originally, it was like techno music with 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 Chinese you know uh, melodies and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this techno like '90s techno stuff. Give me give me something more old school. And he did, and I'm enjoying it. He gave me so much that I I I tell myself I got to listen to one Chinese song a day, and it's some good stuff. Ugh. Is it all just like solo piano and voice? No, and sometimes there's like strings or guitar, stuff like that. It's like, you know, rock ballads, like Richard Marx if he was Chinese. <laughs> I don't know who Richard Marx is. You don't know who Richard Marx is? Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I should have reminded you. No, it's okay. Uh, famous 80s pop singer, kind of like Michael Bolton. I, I'm into that stuff, yeah. especially if it's in Chinese. Yeah, so that, that's... So yeah, so I mean, I'm enjoying it a lot. <laughs> There's a particular, um, I think it's a Cambodian ballad that was in a movie. Hold on, I'm just wanting to turn off my screensaver so it doesn't come back on. Have you ever seen the movie The Rover? It's an Australian post-apocalyptic 
Western? No, uh, no. Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson were in it. Oh, okay. It's a good movie, but they use a random Southeast Asian song, and uh, I just love the melody of it so much. I was using it to practice my slide licks for can, a while. Can you give me a? Can you hum it a little bit for me? I can't really like they do so many little like runs in that that style like the singers are so good and their pitch is so on point it almost sounds like a slide but it's the voice okay so what do you want to talk about first I was wondering that too they both both albums came out they were like a few years old uh, like pre-COVID 2019 or 2020 Uh for both of them yeah so I really don't know. I we could look up the release dates and talk about the earliest one, but I don't know nah, why. It doesn't matter. I just wanted. Do to you have any you... inkling of like what you'd think would work best first? No, I just wanted to give you the liberty of which one you want to talk about first. How about this? Let's talk about the one that you are were most, the one that you liked the most. <laughs> which record did you like the most? We haven't even said what they are yet. Oh. But will it be in the title and description? Yeah, I guess totally. it will be. Yeah, you know, it's uh, for people who hasn't seen it, uh, it's uh, Lineker, Brazilian trans woman uh, musician, and Bruja de Texcoco, a Mexican trans woman musician. And um, I forget the name of the albums because they're pretty long, and I had to use my phone to listen to... to, to to uh, tell you from the last episode. Um, yeah. The, the, Indigo was the Lin, uh, uh, Lineker one, and uh, Bruja de Texcoco was Michelada, something like that. It was like uh, Bruja de... Pen, pen, pen. It was a word, uh, two words yeah. that I tried to translate, and Google Translate just spit them out exactly the same, like yeah, they weren't a real word. Because it's an indigenous word, that's why. Oh. You know, Google be racist like that. <laughs> Okay. So I'll, which one do you which one did you like the most? Let's talk about that. The one that was immediately more accessible and relatable to me was Lineker. Okay. Cuz it's like a, con- a contemporary world music R&B soul kind of pop mm-hmm. record. And I like all that kind of stuff yeah. already. So couple several episodes ago you told me that what well, you made an analysis of me that I like listening to music that is challenging. And you were specifically talking about that metal and all that stuff or punk. And, you know, I wanted to show you I also like this, but you also knew that I like this kind of stuff. Um, So what were your thoughts when I first told you, like, we're going to listen to these two artists? What Did you think it was going to be boring? Uh, (laughs) What were your thoughts, like... Your thoughts before you listen to it and then while listening to it. Yeah, I I guess, I don't know if boring's the right word because I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I did a little light research and found out that they're two like, well-respected artists and they're, they've earned that. And so I knew the music would be good. I just, I knew it would be a little outside of my usual comfort zone. But that's cool. I'm glad we listened to them. And then once I, I I listened to Lineker's album first, and yeah, like immediately it's catchy, it's dancey, very slick production, and yeah, I, I it was kind of instantly felt more comfortable. 
until I started trying to rehearse a cover for it and realize that even though it sounds very accessible to me, Lineker's melodies and the the chord progressions, they they have like that bossa nova mm -hmm. jazz harmony that is actually pretty foreign to me still. It was quite an adjustment to try to to sing along with or play along on guitar with. Mm -hmm. um, then when I listen to Bruja de Texcoco, I've heard music like that a lot, like soundtracks to Robert Rod Rodriguez movies or something, just like the Jesus the mariachi Christ. kind of. What he's he's great. He like have you seen El Mariachi? Yeah, I've seen El Mariachi. That's his best movie. Yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of like Spy Kids and crap like or, that. Or uh, what's Planet Terror? Oh yeah, I don't. I liked his early work and Desperado. That's good too. <laughs> I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Is that oh, what it's called? Is that with Johnny Depp? Yeah, that's the third, the ending of the uh, Desperado trilogy. Yeah, I've seen it, but I forget yeah. if it was good or not. Uh, but I'm I'm being silly to say it like that. But even beyond that, like I've heard that kind of music from you before. I feel like you've played it for me. And, yeah. Um, so it felt also felt familiar, but it's such an artsy album in the way it's put out. It's five songs, yeah, and it's each well, one is like ten minutes, close to ten minutes. Yeah, long. I mean the Texcoco one was thirty-five minutes long, five songs, album length, I guess. Well, yeah. um, Lineker was like what ten or fourteen songs, and it was like forty-five to fifty-four minutes. Kind of more like a traditional yeah. pop yeah. album. Yeah, it was more produced too. You know, you can tell that there was a lot of production thought to it and all that stuff. No disrespect yeah. to Ruha because there was thought to it's it very too. But beautifully produced. It was kind of like album. a low-budget, you know, DIY kind of vibe compared to Ruha. I mean, compared to Lineker. Yeah. Well. I want to talk more about the production of it, but we'll we'll wait yeah. till we're literally talking about the album. Okay. Because this is kind of an overview thing. Yeah. But I think it's good to well, compare them briefly. Let's, let's talk about Lineker. Uh, what did you think of... Did you do a research on, on her life? I did a little bit. Not, I didn't like dig too deep, but I read at least one article that kind of summarized her early life. And this is where I will just come out and say that I'm not super up to date on like what's politically correct to say about a trans person's life and like yeah. I'm not gonna I don't I'm not gonna like dead name her I don't even know her name besides Lineker but this is in her biography like she started she grew up as a boy child and <laughs> all right let me let me stop you there um for people listening you know our apologies if we make a mistake our apologies if we if we insult anyone in that sense, we are learning. We are trying. If if the pronoun comes differently, if we use a dead name, we're just trying to audit the context of education and knowing the background of the person. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to pull a Dave Chappelle on you or Joe Rogan on you. Uh, see how I did that? I referenced Joe Rogan in the episode. Okay, but but you know, going forward, that's what we're trying to do, uh, and trying to learn from it because you know, there's a lot of people who make arguments in the LGBTQ community that we don't, that society doesn't talk about these people, and I'm like, bet I'll make one even better. Let's talk about people that are not white. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's great yeah. that we're talking about the two of them. 
part of me was feeling a little like worried, like, oh, is it bad that we're comparing them at all because they're both trans? Like, is, uh, is that minimizing them or something? No, you, uh, that's a good argument. But I, I, I don't want to say compare, but I do want to say, like, let's look what these two people's messages are and what our comparison, what's the difference. Even though I'll, I'll admit it, I don't know that much about Lineker because I don't speak Portuguese and I was too lazy to translate it even though the thing about Lineker which is great is Lineker knows four languages Portuguese really? Spanish Italian French and English I think so five does she sing in more than just Portuguese and English I, I didn't notice I if mean there were I, like heard, Spanish. I, heard, I heard some Spanish lyrics or Spanish words here and there in in the album maybe they're just the same in Portuguese yeah maybe that's that's what I was thinking too but, you know, majority of, of the music in that album was Portuguese and, and English. Yeah, there's like one and a half songs yeah. in English. Yeah. <laughs> Which for you must have been like kind of like a re- relief, like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound like that, but I wasn't expecting to hear English. And then like on the third or fourth song, you get Lily, which, and then I'm like, oh, I, I'm at home again. <laughs> I can understand <sighs> the meaning of the song and it does like music hits different when you understand every word yeah. i'm sorry but like it does it does those are that's why we're limited as people if we don't speak more than one language because there's so much co- culture and music and art in the world that's you're always going to be like uh, not hearing the full message but i did take the step of looking at the lyrics and go- and translating some of the songs and Educate me, Dylan. Well, I didn't like, do that part. Clow is about a dog. You can tell Aww. from the, from the barking and the. Uh, I don't know if there's a. I don't know if I saw the music video. Well, we just saw it here with the thing and the dog. And, okay, yeah. I think that's called like it was like a visualizer. Uh, it's maybe. like the same three or four shots, kind of just, just repeated. Him, yeah, uh, yeah. Huh. I guess there is a dog in that. I I wasn't really paying attention to, <laughs> to the video, yeah. um, but. Yeah, like literally the word dog in Portuguese is in it. But yeah. anyway, the other songs, they're, the, lyric, the lyrics are pretty abstract. They're um, Bruja to Texcoco. The lyrics are, I think, actually better. <laughs> they're, they're very, they seem very, uh, well, it's like a mix of traditional songs and poetry, I think. Yeah. Some of it wasn't written by Bruja. Yeah, uh, but there okay. were lyrics that seemed specifically about like transform transformation into a woman, and like yeah. she wears women's clothes now, and or like they seem very like about her life journey. I like Bruja's uh, poetic. It's really poetic. Her words are really poetic, and it does hit you. But uh, let's talk about that later. Yeah, let's yeah. let's go back more about Lineker's life. Yeah. Well, do you know much more about her biography? Because um, I can tell you what I read, but it's not much. I talked to a friend of mine about it. Uh, they they gave me kind of like an explanation about it. She basically went to an art school to be a dancer or an artist or one of them, one of them two, and then she kind of stumbled upon music. She liked the music and like she fooled around with it and then that's when she says okay I'll do the music thing and around that same time she started uh, learning about her, herself and transitioned to be more of a trans woman than an AMAB 
So it was around the... A what? Okay, so AMAB means a male at birth. Oh. AFAB means a female at birth. Okay. So. A little cool side note in Lineker's story. She had a band before she went solo, Lineker and Carmelo's. It's funny that we're just talking about Carmel and her band... (laughs) Was the apparently a band. play on words like caramel and mellow, because okay. it's not a real Portuguese or any uh, like Spanish word or anything. It's just a made up word. Um, they played a free concert. Well, I'm assuming it was free because most of those summer Millennium Park concerts are free. They played at Millennium Park in like 2019. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was that I her band or was that her? That was her band. It was there's a YouTube video of it, and it's I, I saw that YouTube video. and Carmelo, just like in a pink. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, dude, her vocals, man. That's one thing I love about about Lineker more than Bruja. Lineker can sing, motherfucker I think can they sing. Both can sing, but, but Lineker's better. Uh, she she's more of like a the classic diva, powerful. Yeah, and the range we were talking yeah. about earlier. She can sing really deep low notes and her voice is like naturally quite resonant and like full in the lower register yeah. but then she can go really high too yeah it's pretty incredible and her control is great her control is fantastic i forget that that's an important thing about singing you need to learn how to control baby well it's yeah i think it i've only just heard like vocal people talk about that but yeah. i think it just means like they're she's really in tune yeah. she's really not running out of breath, just having control <laughs> over her. You know who has bad, like running out of breath, can't control themselves, especially as they're getting older and unfortunately fatter? Bon Jovi? Axl Rose. <laughs> I mean, all of these once, like, former Pops rock guys are like, they can't <gasps> say this name. <sighs> Brett Michaels. Oh, God. <sighs> The jungle. <laughs> I mean, why are you watching modern Axl Rose I content? Don't I just I stumble upon it? Like you know, you hear him sing, playing the piano in November Rain, and he's like, you know, really overweight, and he's like, November Rain, just really, really sad. It's just Axl, you need to stop. But at the same time, I, I don't think Axl can do anything but to sing Guns and Roses songs. Anyways. Or Axl Rose songs. Doesn't he have some solo albums? I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I, <laughs> I've never really been a fan of never been a Axl fan of, Rose or of, Guns of the Guns. You know, I don't like Slash. Did we talk about that in the last episode? No, he uh, was notably absent from our combined top ten guitars. I, I thought you were going to bring him up because uh, he plays a uh, uh, Les Paul. <laughs> I. Don't like people just because they play a certain guitar, oh, especially really? not a Les Paul. Really? Okay, I thought <laughs> yeah. you did. I thought you did. Gary uh, Moore. I love Jimmy Page. Is a rare exception. His playing in Les Paul is great. <laughs> okay, back to Lineker. <laughs> yeah. So Lineker, uh, do you know how old either of these artists are? I was trying to look it up, and you can't no, find it. No, but I think Bruja is older than us. I mean, older than you. Not me. Uh, Lineker, I think she's uh, maybe late 20s, early 30s. Okay. What's phenomenal about Lineker compared to uh, other artists, like she's the first trans artist to win a Grammy. 
Oh, I yeah, didn't know she, she won, won a Grammy. Grammy. That album, like the reason the album is big is because it won a Grammy too. So I wanted oh, really? to hear what the fuzz is about. And what was the, the Grammy? Was it like a Latin Grammy Award for Best Record of the Year? I think or Best oh, Album cool. of the Year. You know, it does have as much as I hate adult contemporary music. It does have that vibe of adult contemporary music where you might hear it on XRT, <laughs> but it's good. It's a tastefully. It's tastefully good. Uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I I totally agree. Your XRT thing threw me for a loop because yeah, they're they're more like they're adult contemporary, but they have much much more classic rock folk indie kind of slant. I don't I can't really hear them playing like a Latin oh. pop album. I mean, unless they're trying to like expose themselves, like here's a little bit more uh, more avant garde, and then they play that, and when it's not avant garde. Um, <clears throat> I made a joke to a friend of mine. It wasn't a joke. I was kind of being serious. I, I asked him if, because, you know, as you get older, your music tastes change. And I was like 25 when I said this. And I said to him, I said to him and along, among other people, if you see me listening to XRT, kill me. Or tell me so I can kill myself because I don't want to be that adult. I don't want to be that adult who listens to hardcore punk and then later on they say, yeah, I like Wilco. And they only listen nothing but Wilco. It's just like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> or listen to Fleet Foxes or what's, what's, a, what's a band, Maurice and the Sons or Sanford and Sons? Not Sanford and Sons. Mumford and Mumford Sons. Mumford and Sons. I don't want to be that. I don't want to. No, no. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Well, and then when I listen to Lineker, I'm thinking like, am I getting closer to the edge of listening to XRT because I won a Grammy and all that stuff? See, I didn't, I didn't know it won a Grammy. I was just listening yeah. to it as music, and to me, it feels very, Jesus very far Christ removed again. from that world of yeah. XRT bands okay. that you just listed. You, you saved my life, Dylan. <laughs> you saved my life. Thank you for saying that. But I like a lot of stuff they play on XRT. That if I'm do. in a car and I have to listen to the radio, which I don't remember the last time I just listened to actual radio. Uh-huh. XRT is pretty reliable for like giving me at least a couple songs that I'll I won't I hate. I, I think the only time I will listen to XRT is on Sunday mornings because it's breakfast with the Beatles. That's it. That's it. What do you do? You listen to any radio station? Uh, back in the day, I used to be uh, NPR head. Nothing but NPR. It's not but, music. But then Terry Gross kind of pissed me off, and I stopped listening to it. And then there was another interview that kind of pissed me off. There were lowbrow agreeing with um, Elon Musk on the Amazon horrors of the world. They were kind of like defending Elon Musk, and they're like, "Okay, I can't do this anymore," and I stopped listening to it. And now. You want to take a guess what station I listen to? 98.7? No. The classical music one? No. No. 101.1. No. No. 90.9. The jazz radio station. Okay. Do they play good jazz? I've never listened to the, it. It, it plays a, a little bit of everything. Good, bad. You, you, sometimes you get lucky and they put some free jazz. <laughs> You know, I've been getting more and more into jazz. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Alice Coltrane in my classes. Dude, I want to listen to more of Alice Coltrane. She's amazing. 
She's good. We can mm-hmm. talk about her when we talk about Bruja because of the harp connection. Ooh, I'm excited to hear this. I mean, I don't know much. Like Bruja doesn't play the harp often, but I saw that she's credited as uh, playing harp on a couple tracks. Yeah. And yeah, we'll talk about that later. But Alice Coltrane's amazing, okay. weird. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's considered free jazz, but it's pretty out there sometimes. All right. Well, let's let's we'll put it on that. Let's finish finish up with Lineker. Yeah. What 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 do what do you Maybe think of I the album? Look at the song titles. Yeah. Um, I mean, front to back, like I think every song is well written. There, even though I don't understand all the lyrics, the melodies are good and catchy. So you really found it to be kind of like smooth adult contemporary? No, no. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you my opinion while you're listening, while you're looking into that. I think uh, the songwriting is amazing. It's really challenging for for the listener in the sense that you once you think something happens, it doesn't happen. You pl- you get pleasantly surprised surprised in the challenges. Like there are moments where like. I I like the dynamics from the drums and the bass. There were moments where it got heavy. I like the 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 palm muting. I I know it's not palm muting. The palm muting on the cellos. You're like, where is this going? You know. I like that it's a full orchestra. I enjoy the. I'm not a fan of horn playing, like horn melodies or horn arrangements, unless it's done really well. Really. The horn arrangements in this album is fantastic. It's got that Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life vibes. And it's still got that funkiness, but also, you know, it's a Brazilian kind of funk. So, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, my favorite song is Clow, and it's between Clow and Baby 95. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very good description yeah. about the horns and the orchestra arrangement. Did you watch any of the live performances oh, yeah. of her? Oh, yeah. I was, with I was, full band and orchestra. I was nonstop watching Baby 95. I like her. I like how free she feels like dancing mm-hmm. and, she, and how she was dancing at the end. It just, I, I had, a, I felt the connection while she was doing that. I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. You go. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I, I was trying to look up the track listing and this iPad's so old that it like, takes forever to load a page and then it failed so i'm trying another site yeah and her melody i just her songwriting is just fantastic i really get surprised what she wants to do on a certain song it's not your typical pop melody mm-hmm. and i enjoy that yeah me too <laughs> this is kind of hard to do to talk about a single album yeah <laughs> that i don't know the, all the song titles that's fine uh do you have a favorite song from them? Probably between Clow and Lily. Lily is a girl almost 25. Her black skin is gold, wears no makeup when she cries. With her intuition, she crossed her soul. Jumping in the water, looking at the world. Lily goes, Lily goes, Lily goes on. Lily goes, Lily goes, Lily goes on Flying Lily goes, Lily goes, Lily goes on Lily is a girl almost 25 her black skin is gold, wears no makeup when she cries. With her intuition, she crossed her soul. 
jumping in the water, looking at the world. Lily goes, Lily goes, Lily goes on, dreaming. Lily goes, Lily goes, Lily goes on. When you take care of your heart, when you love your soul, maybe you can find Lily. She isn't hiding anymore. She just wants to live. When you take care of your heart, when you love your soul, maybe you can find Lily. She isn't hiding anymore. She just wants to live. There are a couple songs, like those two are both pretty major, key, catchy, upbeat, but then there's a couple that have a more minor, sad melody, Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought those were beautiful. They just, I can't remember what they were called or about. (laughs) I looked up the lyrics of some of them, but I, it's all kind of blending together, which is kind of what happens when you listen to an album straight through a lot, like... You just kind of, I was starting to anticipate, like, oh, this song comes after this one, and yeah, I, I like this chorus, and like, the, I remember this little build up, but it all feels like one big piece of music, mm-hmm. which, is, which is cool. I miss the days when all music was consumed like that instead of just like singles. One song, one single. Yeah, you can thank uh, the new age technology for, for that. I mean, you heard that Weird Al Yankovic is not going to make a new album anymore. Because he thinks that there's no need to do, you know? 
if he wants to release anything new, he'll just make it a single or two, and that's it. Uh, I don't really pay much attention to what Weird Al is doing Really? Are you a Weird Al fan? I mean, when when I was a kid, I liked some of his songs. I haven't followed him. Basically insulting me, huh? You are still a Weird Al fan? Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fucking love Weird Al, man. Did you see the Daniel Radcliffe movie? No, I want to. I'm surprised you haven't seen it Yeah, I love Weird Al. uh, My favorite moments is when he plays polka. I'm a sucker for the polka. I'm, you know, I'm a, like like Kevin. I like the three fourths, umpa pa, umpa pa. But I also love the two four, umpa umpa. <laughs> I love it. Love it. It's good stuff. <laughs> but anyways, this is not about Weird Al. This is about Lineker. <laughs> Man, we have some serious differences of opinion. You go from shitting on Wilco to saying Weird Al is like the greatest. <laughs> Dude, he knows what he's doing. So does Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, he doesn't know from what up is and down is. I go up, I go down. I go left, I go right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't actually don't know what song you're referencing, but I know there's a Wilco lyric that is sort of like that. I don't think it's, I don't think you got it right there. Anyways, <laughs> we can you shit on Jeff Tweedy <laughs> as much as possible, <laughs> or you can defend him. It'll, that can be a different podcast. Yeah, one of these days uh, I'll force you to listen to a Wilco album. Uh, have have you ever a, listened to a full one? I've listened to two, three. No, yeah, I, I, I listened to Yankee, Foxtrot Hotel, mm-hmm. Ghost is Born, and uh, what's this one, Sky Blue Sky, is that what it's called? Yeah, those are my three favorite ones. <laughs> Sky Blue Sky is my favorite. And it's because of that guitarist. He's, mm, that yeah. guitarist is fantastic. Mm, smooth, mm, <laughs> rich tasting. Like He is the reason vocals pulsating in that album. Yeah, <laughs> but he's Nels Klein. He's been with the band since, but I don't think the albums they've made, even with him in the band since then, are as like guitar mind-blowing as sky blue sky it's like they're like okay nels you just joined the band have an Do album you where maybe. you just like show off for <laughs> that's my my imitation of him he's uh, great he makes me wish my jazz master tremolo worked but i broke the part that holds the bar in and i'm too lazy to get it fixed no i get that i've been wanting to play jazz master it's hard as a lefty to find it but i think uh mm. They have a jazz master and a jaguar now because of Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay. Or a Mustang, I forget which one. But yeah, I really like them. Uh, they're nice, but uh, I guess I'm still a telly guy. It's funny that they make like signature models of these left-handed guitarists, but most of them are right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> They'll make like the Jimi Hendrix signature Strat, and most of them are, they make a couple lefties as they always do, but yeah. they make it like a right-handed version of... Yeah, of a left-handed <laughs> one, yeah. It's and same stupid. with the Kurt Cobain Jaguar. I'm I'm sure most of the ones they produced are actually right-handed. Yeah, it's very stupid. Anyway, like I I don't know what else to say about Lineker. This might be where we need to like reconsider our approach next time we do an album review and maybe play the the music as we're watching. If you want, if you want to do that, if uh, do we think we're allowed to do that? It would get flagged and we wouldn't be able to monetize the video, but 
I doubt that Lineker would like make us take the down, yeah. take down the video. Unlike the Eagles. This is, right, but they didn't notice the Hotel yeah. California. And we're far away from being able to actually make ad money on these, so it, I don't really care yeah. if stuff gets flagged. Okay, but all right. So you liked the Lineker album? It was good overall? I I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to listen to Baby 95 a lot this year. Just very, I like the songwriting a lot on it. Would you like, would you see her in concert if she comes in Chicago? I think that'd be a fun show. You can like just go and dance and feel free. I feel like her fan base would be a very loving, open-minded and mm-hmm. accepting crowd. It, it warms my heart to know that an artist like her can be getting like relatively big on a large scale and have a lot of fans despite being a pretty unconventional pop star. <laughs> Just the way she looks and mm-hmm. sounds and her life story. Uh, it's pretty cool that, that that's possible nowadays. Yeah. Good, okay. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about Bruja de Texcoco. Um, yeah. So I know this is completely different compared to uh, Lineker uh, because it's different vocal ranges, different music. Yeah. Different vibes, but at the same time, there's some parallel, I guess. Pretty like yeah. somber for the most part. Yeah. A lot of sad sounding melodies, except the very first song. And I think the second to last song is more upbeat and um, sounds a bit happier. But it's a, it seems like a very introspective, mournful album. Mm-hmm. She seems like an incredible musician. I was, like She apparently plays a lot of the parts on the album, like all the string parts I think are her. I mean, we saw that she plays violin. She plays uh, um, harp. Wouldn't be surprised if she knows how to play guitar or another. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if the guitar work is her. It doesn't but, but, say she's a guitarist yeah. on Wikipedia. But if you gave her a guitar right now, she can play you a chord. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but the guitar work is is very advanced and sophisticated yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. The strumming true. and like the finger picked. Yeah chordal stuff no but her her harp work is amazing her violin work is amazing and i think there's a youtube video out there that she also plays trumpet or maybe she's just carrying it i don't know i didn't watch that youtube video but Mm. she is a multi-instrumentalist and it's really really good fascinating of her and i enjoy that a lot and she knows how to sing she can sing those low notes (laughs) i can sing very high i'm not gonna sing very high but like she not, can not sing as high, high as Lineker. Not as high, but she can reach those notes that are we we uh, have trouble hitting. Yeah, I felt a kind of a special kinship with her, knowing that she was a teacher as a career before getting into music. I didn't know that. According I mean, I did, to an I, article I read, I did some research about that, but I didn't know about her being a teacher. She, I think she like teaches music, even maybe still today as a like a side gig. But I read that when she failed to make it into like an orchestra as a professional violinist or something, she she went back to school for physics and math and ended up like being a teacher for those subjects as well as music. Yeah, I did hear that she went to school for physics, which makes sense because um, music is 
very mathematical. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> and is. She's clearly has a, a lot of talent in both areas. So I know from the last episodes we're talking about how you don't hate it, but like it's hard for you to ha- grasp a long album unless it's really interesting. So, what do you think of this album? It was really short. I liked that it was short. <laughs> and the fact, that even though there were long songs, the fact that it's only five songs made it a little easier to grasp like what each mm-hmm. part of the album is. So, it was short for you to grasp because of five minutes? Yeah, but each song would have like a couple sections. Mm-hmm. It'd be like one total, one vibe. It sounds like the song's over, but then I would look at the the track listing and we're still like halfway through the same song so they kind of sneak in extra songs into one track it's kind of like progressive traditional you were going to say progressive yes just finish finish the same because i agree with you there because yeah it's like traditional sounds and folk instruments and stuff but long arrangements you can yeah. tell that the Bruja de Texcoco likes prog rock, prog rock, you know, but did not want to make a rock prog rock album, just wanted to use prog rock elements songwriting-wise and use it with traditional Mexican traditional instruments. Yeah. And I like that because like, it, like, it still grasps your attention even though there was no electric guitar and drums. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't even think of it that way. Like that, she was resisting the urge to make a more conventional album. I feel like that's just her world. Yeah, she she studied to like at classical conservatories and stuff, so that's what she knows. Um, The idea of her making like a rock-based song seems very weird. Like I I don't. Maybe in a couple albums down the line. Yeah, she's she's working on a new album now, or it's going to be released sometime this year. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing that because uh, she performed with my favorite band. Well, one of my favorite bands. Me? Yeah, my favorite band. I'll say my favorite band. Uh, the singer of my favorite band, Ruben. So they performed a lot back in the day, like in 2020 at Viva Latino. Cafe so. Tacuba? Yeah, Ruben from Cafe Tacuba. So, yeah. Um, so it's cool, you know, that's, that there's that kind of uh, connection. And... Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that about the album. I think it's a good album. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, you know what it reminded me of a what? little bit? Uh, did you ever listen to Joanna Newsom, harp player? Do you think she? Do you think it had Joanna Newsom vibes? It, for some reason, that's the first album that it reminded me of when I once I heard the whole thing because Joanna Newsom has a one particular album. I think it's her second album. It's the called, one with the yellow cover album. No, I think you're thinking of the first one. I like that one. Mender. I like that one album, the yellow one. Uh, the, the second one is Yis or Yis Y S, just those two letters. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think, four or five songs, and each one is like ten to twelve minutes long. Uh-huh. It's a full length album, but similar track listing. And she plays harp, and there's string arrangements, and it's very like classically. It's like chamber music, I but check with that out. pops. Uh, not pop. There's some very catchy yeah. lyrics and vocals from Joanna Newsom on it. It really, really reminded me of that album in particular. Just the acoustic production and the the length of the songs and stuff. Um, I do want to mention another thing about Bruja de Texcoco that we kind of mentioned earlier. Her lyrics are really profound. Like, 
what Bruja doesn't have that Lineker has is the the surprise element of songwriting. But I, I know I know I shouldn't judge since I didn't listen to Lineker's lyrics uh, because I didn't put that much emphasis to it. But one thing that I did enjoy about Bruja de Texcoco is where the lyrics were really profound. It goes into details about how special she feels being connected to her femininity. Did I say that correctly? Her femininity? Yeah. Um, and also, like you were saying, has a sorrow, somber vibe. So she's talking about how sometimes it's sad that she has to go through this experience, you know? But at the same time, it's a spiritual experience where she's connected to the world and she feels one with the world and she feels weird but at the same time relaxed and peaceful and happy. A lot of complicated feelings for being trans. Do you think she, did she write all those lyrics? I, th- I never, I never did the research, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I, I wasn't clear on it, but I saw some writing about the album that said she would like base some songs on like a traditional mm-hmm. melody. And I wasn't sure if some of the lyrics are actually like traditional. Some, some of them are traditional or some of them had traditional aspirations, but like I think a big portion of it are hers. Okay. Like, um, I'll give you an example, just a vibe. Um, the first song, Te de Melvon, I, you know, we were talking about what Melvon is, and uh, we texted each other. It's geranium tea. Is, is that the right word? Geranium? Geranium. Yeah, which is a flower. Um, and I try to look into what it represents, like what's the meaning behind geranium, and uh, it represents happiness, friendship, and good health. And that song is about like breakups, learning to learning the mistakes and the lessons from past relationships and f- trying to fix it or trying to grow with the new ones, you know, healing one another from each other's pain, that kind of stuff. But uh, <clears throat> I did some translations behind it, and uh, this is going to be rough. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the one that I wrote, and then I'll tell you the one that I thought in my head while I was driving here. Um, it's from the same song. Uh, I search a solution of my past from when it was easy to let go. With all the humidity, fragility of my tears falling to the ground of my feet. I search to be a part of the meaning, not that your memory is in the past. Whispered behind my back are the doves that I remember were an important lesson. The promised flight to learn to love again. It's, It's nice. Yeah, definitely sounds like it's like about a breakup or something. And there were two lines that I enjoyed from that song, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. It says, look at me because I see you have broken wings. Look at me because you also see I have broken wings. So let's hug each other and learn how to fly. I'm like, damn, bro. Damn, that's that's deep. <laughs> I read a slightly different backstory yeah. for that song that I, I think it came from an interview with uh, her where she said she actually, did you hear, did you see this article? She was performing at a venue and this is before her transition, she was performing as a man, like a singer and vi- violinist mm-hmm. and somebody in the audience started having a heart attack or some kind of medical issue and um, Bruja sang like they, everyone was freaking out and it's like someone saved this person and she sang and kind of like took on this female persona then and there and like that's when the bruja was born like that night she like 
started singing. Yeah, oh yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that is part of the part of her origin story. And it so, ties into the tea too. Like yeah. I think maybe she like lost her voice or maybe I'm combining two different stories, but the tea de Malvon was like a cure to to get her to regain her voice. Mm. I think it was after yeah, after like a breakup, she like was really crushed and lost her voice yeah. for a while, but the tea like helped her get it back. Okay. And there's a lot of like witchcraft and I was Bruhaus a witch, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, there's yeah, a lot of that. Is a witch, yeah. Bruja. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I like I like saying the name wrong. Um no, but like um sorry. So her transition <laughs> do you like it when I do the clap that way you know that when to edit it? That's why I do that. I do that because I was trying to help you. Uh, you, know. you can do that, but you don't like, sometimes I like leave in a part that you're like. I know, you, I, and I cringe like, "Why'd you fucking do that out? <laughs> Why'd you fucking do that, Dylan? You just trying to piss me off? <laughs> 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 trying to make, make me look like a fucking fool? Uh, here I am swearing, I, and I'm doing, and I promised myself not to swear in this podcast. Um, so the origin of Bruja de Texcoco was that. Sh- um, when she was a cis male at the time, or she when she didn't discover herself, she um, was going to Texcoco, which is outside of Mexico City, with a group that she's in. It's like a regional, not regional Mexican, traditional Mexican music. So when they went to this party, there was a witch there, like a, a curandero, just a witch. And he goes to this person, to, to, to which is now La Bruja, and says, I've been waiting for you. You have amazing female hands, and I know who you are. And the guy, I mean, at this at the time, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, just didn't think about it later until later on. I was like, oh, shit. That's when the transition of Bruja de Texcoco happened because they've been jamming and all that stuff, and that witch was still roaming with her. Well, I mean, roaming with Bruja de Texcoco at the time. Then the heart attack happened, and the witch told her, you know what to do. Like, Like, you can save this man's life. And she was like, I don't know what to fucking do. <laughs> so started singing a song. And then afterwards, you know, guy felt better. A person felt better. And then after that happened, she went, the witch went with her uh, to somewhere outside and started saying, like, we're going to go to this area and I want you to, to expose yourself. Mm-hmm. And... And you know, told her like, "I need you to say the following." And I forget what it was the words exactly the following, but one of the things that they say. And this is where I, I don't want to. I want to be politically correct, but at the same time, I'm telling you for the for the aspects of the storytelling or, or the history of it. So, and during that moment, she said her dead name, which is Octavio Mendoza. Like I am Octavio Mendoza, but now I am La Bruja de Texcoco, because I guess the witch gave her that title. So ever since mm-hmm. then, that was the birth of Bruja de Texcoco, and she started falling in love with her femininity because she never knew there was a connection of femininity. Because, you know, you see the pictures, like, all roughed up with a beard and all that stuff, and she's just now falling in love with, with her feminine part. Yeah, th- okay, that's the more accurate version of the story. I remembered the bits and pieces yeah. about the saving the person's life with the singing and, and then the witch, but uh, I had the facts a little screwed up. It's a really cool story. It makes me really believe in like the sp- supernatural. Well, um, do you like? Do you think that witch really? Was no, I, I for do her? believe it. I do believe like that. The, uh, but before we go there, are we done with Bruja de Texcoco? Because I do want to talk about that. Talk about what? 
the supernatural? Um, I don't know. Can we? Can this just be like a little tangent? Go, go back and in forth. case yeah, we we, can... we have any more to say. I have nothing else to say. Okay. Well, we'll say what you want to say about the supernatural. And then uh, do I'll you see believe it? Do you believe in it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I do. I've seen pretty compelling evidence in like ghost hunting shows <laughs> where obviously they're trying to get content for their show. So there's always the possibility that it's staged, but they're just like coincidences and equipment manifesting things like communication through spirit hunting devices and stuff that I, I do think there's something to it that there's like energies around that can manifest that we can't necessarily see. I don't think there's like full apparitions of ghosts that just like can walk around and haunt you, but I think there's there can be energies tied to a place. I I agree with you. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of going a weird tangent that I was not thinking about, but like I believe more in gnomes than than ghosts. <laughs> I believe that gnomes will, is trying to pick with you, trying to pull pranks on you, and you think it's a ghost, but it's just the gnome. Just messing with you because I like to be pranksters. What does a gnome look like to you? Are they visible with the naked eye? They can be if they want to show themselves, but they have the power to be invisible too. Are they like elves? They're just small. Sometimes they do have a hat or sometimes they don't. Like the gnome we have outside on the door? Yeah. Sometimes they have a more presentable face like those gnomes outside the door. Sometimes they don't. You know, you just don't know how they look. And also it all varies in sizes. Like there can be like this big like two feet or they can be like five five inches you know <laughs> wow that sounds to me a lot harder to swallow than ghosts <laughs> really dude dude there's some you were talking about compelling evidence there's some compelling evidence on youtube that makes you say there's some that are obviously fake that it's CGI, guys but there's other ones that makes you say like they may be true they there's do video exist. footage of gnomes yes dude Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> no, but like when I was talking about supernatural, I was well, talking. I'm gonna look for that. No, I... we are, dude. It's gonna be fun. It's a fun trip. I was talking more in the sense about witchcraft because the name of bruja is bruja, right? And like, what what does witchcraft mean to you in that sense? Like, I I think for me, it's just a connection with with the spirituality with nature. Mm-hmm. And how you connect yourself with emotional context. Like, as an example, right here we kind of experience some kind of magic. You want to call it magic, you want to call it whatever you want, like coincidences or a meaning to the universe. Whatever you want to call it, that's fine. However, I don't want to doubt it or I don't want to doubt it. I don't want to deny that happened was kind of interesting. We were talking about car- caramel beer and the and the Indio beer, and then later on you were talking about Lineker with the band, what, what was it called? Caramellos? Caramellos. Like yeah. things like that. It's like makes me feel like there's something that's telling us that we're going on the right path. Sure. I, I believe in that stuff. Just little, little coincidences that maybe we don't know the truth of everything that exists in the universe. There's There's... Maybe things we can't see or explain. Yeah. That are uh, forces acting on our lives. Yeah. Should we try to like play some now? Yeah. I mean, uh, 
I think that's it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have no idea how long that even was. Let's check. <laughs> do, 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 do. This is what happens when you're normally used to making two to three hours of episodes. Well, I think that was about, well, including all our sound checking, like an hour and 20 minutes. All right. That's not bad. That's plenty of time. Oh, yeah. I so, always feel like we didn't say enough, but then I go back and watch it and like, oh, wait, there's, there's, a, there's a whole load. podcast. Holy here. moly. Um so, before we start working on the, our renditions of these amazing songs, and hopefully we give it justice by playing it right, playing it well, playing it with respect, um, what's the topic for next episode? Um, you're not going to like me. Uh, just because I'm not... <laughs> it's not really a surprise. I, I just want to put in officially in the books an episode that we've already talked about doing. Okay. The uh, we're gonna do a <laughs> Jesus Christ! You make me you're making me feel comfortable. You're putting me on the edge. We gotta. You should be the opposite. I'm on the edge. You're just gonna be like, oh, that. That's we already uh, we already talked about that. Uh, do the with. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be something more intense. That's going to be pretty intense because I my vision is that we the entire oh, cool. I'm excited. I thought it was going to be something more cringe worthy. No, because I got something cringe worthy for you in uh, the next episodes. I think it's going to be episode 12. 12? Yeah, are you just thinking that far? Oh, ahead? no, episode 11. Sorry, wait, this is eight. Yeah, will be nine, nine. Then you have to do 10. Oh, so 12. Yeah. 12. 12, yeah, 12. So you already have one for 10. And yeah, for 10 and 12, yeah. It's <laughs> got a lot of stuff Holy on the... Holy moly. We're, we're, and we're not getting paid for this. Filling up. <laughs> we're doing this for fun. But it's kind of cool if we transition more to like a social thing and yeah. talking to more people that aren't just like me and you. Yeah. No, I'm I feel like that's it. how we'll grow an audience. Yeah, that's true. Getting different, getting different people. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to run out of just like ideas topics that are just like for us to talk that's about. funny you say that because that's the fear i had epi- after episode two the bob dylan at when we were done with the bob dylan i was thinking like i don't know what else to talk about i think we talked about everything <laughs> i mean i'm really glad we did the ones we did kanye bjork i'm not taylor swift taylor swift was kind of a misstep i, I don't know i think i enjoyed it i mean I, I i still cringe that i know a lot of taylor swift I haven't listened to a single Taylor Swift song since we did that. <laughs> I've been listening to Sweet Nothing here and there because I think that's my favorite song from the album. Wow, you're still listening to that. Just that song, though. <laughs> Just that song. <laughs> it's funny because the music I actually like recreationally listen to and enjoy is not something I would like feel the need to discuss on a podcast or like make you listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason I I agreed to do this is because I want to challenge myself to, to things and also get to know you better because I consider you a good friend. I consider you a good friend. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> uh, yeah, but these two albums, like... They're not like your favorite albums. You're, you you chose them because you wanted to challenge yourself. Too, yeah, that right? too. And I also wanted to know what you think of it. Had you oh, heard them before this no, past week? No, I haven't heard them before at all. 
Okay. Just, yeah. So it was like, yeah. I mean, I've been hearing so how about. This I've been hearing to know I, each other. I, I mean, because I'm learning Dylan, more about your culture. Dylan is one of them. Bob Dylan is one of them. I want to know what you thought about Bob Dylan. I also wanted. I wanted to challenge you. I wanted to challenge you to listen to other stuff outside of what you normally like, and you're kind of up for it too. There's moments where you kind of fight it, but there's all other moments that you kind of go with it. No, I'll, I I like that aspect because I I need an ex, like a reason to listen to something that's that's why I'm kind of interested for episode twelve. <laughs> Bring it on! Bring it on! The weirder, indeed. the better, because like, no. <clears throat> have you? Do you believe the myth that it's not really a myth? I actually think it's very true that whatever music you listen to, um, like really influences you to a high degree, especially when you go and then like maybe improvise music. You you jam and that stuff comes out because it's in your mind. It's like it's fresh in there. I am a firm believer of you are what you eat. Yeah. And I also believe you are what you digest whatever medium you have. So if you're going to listen to nothing but metal, you're going to be that kind of person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all just out of context, out of moderation. Be careful and listen to what you digest or listen listen to yourself about what you're putting in your brain. That could be movies and all that stuff. So I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah, for sure. I think metal is an interesting genre where I, I wish more metal bands would consume more different styles of music and then go make their metal. Like a metal band that just listens to a bunch of bossa nova and then starts playing like I mean, funky that, rhythms. That's, that's why you got Sepultura. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I've never really listened to, but I'd imagine they're yeah. very like Brazilian. There, there is an album by Mastodon. I forget which album where they before they started recording, they listened nothing but yes, and you do hear a little bit of that yes inspiration. Is it still like heavy Mastodon oh, it's heavy. riffs? It's heavy Mastodon riffs, but. With a bit of Rick Wakeman here and there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should wrap this up because yeah. I need to pee before we play yeah, music. Thank God. Well, that's a world record today. Well, it's normally, a short, short no, podcast. Yeah, it is. Because normally I, I say to myself, oh, we're we halfway there when when uh, when you're going to pee. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're almost there. We made it pretty yeah. much till the end. Yes. Well, kind of an unceremonious and to the talking portion, but we can we can give a sign off after we're done with the songs. Take care, everyone. Should I pause it? No, just leave it running. Sound like a dying cat, though. All right, one, two, three, two, two, three. There you go. Busco ser parte siempre de la mañana Llevo tu recuerdo siempre en el camión Busco una solución a mi pasado De cuando resulta mía fácil desprender Ay vida mía dime qué es lo que pasó Lo pido al cielo que despiertan el perdón Dice caso escuchas en el viento trae mi voz Pa' la garganta escuchas un té de malbón Ay, mira mía, de esto no va a parar 
le pido al cielo te puedes continuar Y si algún día la tristeza de dar Piensa en las flores que sembran en el mar ¡Uy! Míreme bien, puede que sus olas rotas están Míreme bien, puede que las mías también están Ay vida mía, dime qué es lo que pasó Le pido al cielo que necesitan el perdón Y si acaso escuchas un viento trae mi voz Apaga la garganta, tome un té de malvón Ay vida mía, esto no va a pasar Le pido al cielo de las cosas continuar Y algún día la tristeza ha de dar Piensa en las flores que sembremos en el mar for watching don't forget to like and subscribe and comment um yeah next episode <laughs> i'm just not gonna say anything <laughs> goodbye i think that last one was the best one please don't show the whole thing